If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, the highlight of your week and mine. My name is Becca, and this week we are spinning a web of lies. My name is Josh, and you spin me right round, baby, right round, like a record baby, right round, round, round. Oh, very, very well put. Very well stated, Joshua. (laughs) My head is spinning from that beautiful serenade. So this week we're covering everyone's favorite villain, uh, the spinner, who appeared in one comic. So this might be a quickie. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh, For those of you who don't know, we are a couple that covers Silver Age Batman comics. We certainly are. And occasionally we delve into the modern age when it's relevant. We talk about the characters, the villains, uh, and we love each other very much. Yeah, let's get into some Batman news. Yeah, let's do some news. Should I share mine first? That's just, I read this on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I read this on Twitter. I-R-T-O-T, new segment. Where, where most most people get their news, I Especially think. comic book news. And and especially, like, news organizations. Like, CNN is always reporting, like, you know, people are saying this on Twitter. This person tweeted, yeah. yeah. It's taken the place of, like, opinion articles. <laughs> so I, they, they just take other people's opinions from Twitter. I suppose. Um, it's a lot. It's where you can get a lot of comic news and a lot of film news. Mm. It's, you know, direct interface with the fans. Yeah. If you want a news story out right now, you just pop it on Twitter. There you go. It's news. So the news that I saw on Twitter this week, uh, James Gunn tweeted that the Suicide Squad is completely finished. Uh, post-production and all, VFX, it's it's ready to go, it's in it's in the reel, it's on its way to the movie theaters, I don't know. Mm. Um, it still doesn't come out for another couple months. No, yeah, it's not out until <laughs> August, Okay, is a long time for it to sit on the shelf. I'm wondering if like he'll wake up in a couple of weeks at a, in a cold sweat at 3 a.m. and be like, oh, I really, I just think there's a better line read for that. <laughs> he was saying that he didn't have to do any reshoots for the Suicide Squad, which apparently is unheard of in like the comic book film universe hmm. unless you're christopher nolan interesting apparently. yeah okay so we'll see as of right now no reshoots required for the suicide squad what do you think likelihood of that it gets leaked beforehand since it's completely finished oh man <laughs> nice. i don't think there's any possibility it'll get leaked um it might happen i guess depending on how quickly film uh movie theaters reopen up uh, there might be a possibility of them doing what they did with the Avengers where like, I don't know if you remember, but Robert Downey Jr. tweeted at like Kevin Feige or someone a couple months before, uh, and I want to say it was Infinity War came out uh-huh. and he was like, Hey, Kevin Feige, I'm busy that weekend. Can we push up the date of Avengers Infinity War? And Kevin Feige was like, sure. New release date, August 26th instead oh, wow. of March 5th or whatever. It Interesting. Was yeah. I mean, obviously that was like a planned, like, of course. Push, push up date, but. Yeah. So I don't know. We might see that. Uh, It depends. It's going to be released on HBO Max anyway. Huh. I would love if they could just push it to my TV right now. (laughs) Although I would be disappointed because we have not yet finished Squad Goals. We still have extra characters to cover for Suicide Squad. Yeah. If we uh, hear that it's going to get pushed to all of our HBO Max accounts early, (laughs) yeah, we'll do a Suicide Squad marathon. (laughs) 
Okay, so the other news that we have this week, um, the Batman Fortnite comic book crossover launched this week. Mm, that sentence made me tired. It's called <laughs> Zero Point. So for all of our 12-year-old listeners who really love Fork, fork Knife, fork knife. <laughs> you can get codes for Batman and Harley Quinn costumes in Fortnite if you buy the comics. Uh, which Harley era is it? It's uh, I think it's New 52 or okay. Rebirth. Harley. Okay, so pink and blue with yes. the, uh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, baseball yeah. bat and mm-hmm. the shorty shorts. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not mad about it. Uh, let's see. Other news I have here. Zack Snyder. Okay. At a Zack Snyder Justice League convention that was virtual, Zack Snyder said that he wanted a more, quote unquote, poetic title for Batman v Superman. He was talking about how they were going back and forth with his studio and the one of the names that he suggested as a poetic name was Sun of Sun and Night of Night. S O N of S U N and K N I G H T of N I G H T. I love I love how you presented this to me. You just uh, screen capped that title and uh-huh. sent it to me with a text that said Nighty Night Batman. Yeah. <laughs> with with the first nighty being K N. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think that completely encapsulates Zack Snyder. Yeah. In, in like one quote is like, I really wanted to call the movies "Son of Sun" and "Night of Night" because that really was really going to get people out to the movie theater. Exactly. <laughs> to see Batman v Superman. You know what? He's an auteur. He's got a vision. <laughs> As we've seen on previous episodes, some people really like that vision. So there you go. Nighty Night Batman. Nighty Night Batman. (laughs) In other news, the writer of the Gotham Central comic books, uh, Ed Brubaker, says that the HBO Max series that's going to be a spinoff of the Batman movie that's coming out with Robert Pattinson Mm. is going to feature James Gordon. I think he said something about, like, it's the James Gordon show. Another one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, but he also confirmed that the series will not be a like an adaption of his comic book run. Okay. So it's not going to be based on Gotham Central, but we did get confirmation that it focuses on James Gordon, even though we've sort of known that it's going to be about the Gotham City Police Department, and he's like the most prominent person there. Mm-hmm. Is he going to get paid more for this one than he is for Falcon and Winter Soldier? Oh! Yeah, that's the same writer. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So Josh texted me earlier this week and he said, uh, some Marvel writer is angry because he's not getting any like kickbacks from Falcon Winter Soldier, even though it uh, heavily uses his stuff. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, oh, is it the guy who wrote uh, Red, White, and Black, which is... Uh, a really, really amazing miniseries. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast yet. No, you haven't, because this um, is a DC this, podcast. Okay, brief timeout. This is a Marvel podcast for the next, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> um, you don't have to watch Falcon Winter Soldier. It's pretty good. If you like, like, Winter Soldier and Civil War, you'll probably enjoy it. It's got that kind of, like, spy movie thriller sort of thing to it. Um, but you, what you definitely should read is Truth, Red, White, and Black, which is an amazing Slightly Captain America story that takes influence from the real life Tuskegee syphilis experiments and the horrors of just racism throughout our country's history um, and tells this really amazing, heart-shattering Captain America story. And you sh- I don't want to spoil anything, but you should definitely read it. It's about like black super soldiers, though, is the basic yes. gist of it. Yeah. Yes, it's really, really good. Anyway, okay, back to the DC podcast. Yeah. So Ed Brubaker uh, is not the person who wrote Red, White, and Black, but he wrote a Winter Soldier like first appearance 
Endurance, where he was Bucky, and now he's the super soldier. Mm -hmm. And he gave an interview to Kevin Smith a little while ago, where he was like, yeah, I got paid more for my cameo in one of the Marvel movies than I did for, or I think it was Winter Soldier, than I did for, like, writing any of these. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just, yeah, I, I know it's hard out there for comic writers. They're not millionaires, by and large. No. But, I mean, you do it for the art. And, and, and when also, you when you sign on to be with these like mega million dollar corporations like DC and Marvel, like you got to understand like you're selling your ideas to them and then they're going to go and make a whole lot of money off of it. Yeah. If as, you think you can do it on your own, publish independently. As as a comic book writer, you basically like your paycheck is them paying you for your stories that you yeah. give, give them and then they own the stories after that. Yeah. It, it doesn't really make sense that he would expect uh, a kickback for that because there's a lot of comic book writers they write series and they never get turned into movies or anything and like you know they still get a paycheck for it you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's i don't know it it was i thought he was being a a whiny person i don't know well you know ed brubaker thanks for all that you do we and i i have enjoyed your comics (laughs) and uh i'm also enjoying falcon winter soldier so thanks kevin feige and uh i don't remember the name of the guy who wrote Red, Falcon no the oh. name of the guy who wrote Falcon and Winter Soldier but he's also doing a great job and mm-hmm. I hope that he appears more and last in news we have that the Flash movie starring Ezra Miller mm-hmm. from the Zack Snyder Justice League uh, and Kiersey Clemens also from the Zack Snyder Justice League he, he is uh, he they started filming that 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 film they good. started filming that movie good <laughs> and Keaton Michael Keaton is confirmed to be in it there was news circulating for a while. Keaton was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it because of coronavirus. And I haven't really even looked at the script yet. But <laughs> his his talent representative confirmed that he's actually going to be in the movie That's as Batman. That's good. So, you know, he can he's he's the kind of professional. He can he can knock out those lines in the makeup trailer. Yeah. He'll yeah. figure it out. I'm sure they won't even give him that much anyway. <laughs> He'll probably just, it'll probably just be a cameo, to yeah. be perfectly honest. So that's that's the last piece of news that I have for you. Yeah. People have speculated what this, like, Flash slash Flashpoint-esque movie could be with all the, like, different people who've been announced for it. Um, and it does seem like it'll probably be him, like, time jumping through various universes. We're mm. like, oh, yeah, he'll see Michael Keaton for, like, five minutes. Um, I want to say it was Movie Bob speculated that maybe there'll be a scene where, like, he jumps into a universe where he sees, like, the old, like, super friends, and you'll see uh, Linda Linda Carter. Linda Carter, oh, yeah. yeah. Although she's already in the universe as a different character, but uh, whatever. <laughs> we'll see. Who cares? Yeah, I, I probably not jumping through time, maybe phasing, doing that thing where he, like, vibrates his molecules, you yeah. can phase into He'll a different He'll be jumping world. through worlds. Yeah. 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 Do you think they're going to have the cosmic treadmill? Oh, man. Wouldn't that be great? I <laughs> hope so. It's about, if yes... It's probably something he'll, like, build himself. They should They should go, like... I think they should... And this is the problem that I have with, like, the Zack Snyder movies and the whole... All of those movies, basically, is that they never go full-on, like, weird comic book. Like, I think they should totally be like, oh, yeah, there's a cosmic treadmill and he's gonna travel through different universes. They'll come up with dumb names for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess we'll see when the Suicide Squad comes out if that's gonna go, like, full-on comic book because that's what James Gunn is good at I was gonna say it looks like it is I mean it's got Starro yeah so I guess we'll see giant Uh, giant starfish kaiju I'm really excited for that movie I want it on my TV now HBO Max it's ready send it to me (laughs) 
I want to watch it. I'll watch it a couple times. Talking about Suicide Squad, did you want to do squad goals this week? Yeah, we got a little mini squad goals this week. So now it's time for squad goals. <laughs> so this week on squad goals, we're going to talk about uh, Floyd Belkin, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Splitter, a.k.a. Arm Fall Off Boy, a.k.a. I think his name's going to be the Detachable Kid. Um, he's going to be played by, mm, you know... Malcolm from Firefly. What's his name? Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, yes. <laughs> He's going to be played by Nathan Fillion. Uh, we had a full 15-minute conversation in one of our other podcasts about Nathan Fillion. How did you forget his name? You know, I, I've been having problems. <laughs> we all know this. Um, so Nathan Fillion's going to be playing Floyd Belkin, who usually is portrayed as being a young kid. So, uh, I mean, his name in the movie is Floyd Belkin, also known as TDK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Tesla kid. You think he's going to be like a kid grown up? Maybe. Maybe he was... Well, okay. So I'm guessing based on what does appear from him in the comics, he's maybe going to play a character who like tried to be a superhero, got rejected a bunch of times because his power is super weird, (laughs) and then he maybe struck out on his own as sort of like an anti-hero, and that's how he ended up joining the Suicide Squad. Okay. So Because as far as I know, he's never like a villain, so Hmm. I don't... 100% 100% know why he'd be with the squad. Maybe just some sort of relationship with Rick Flag. I think he's actually in that, like, first group that we see in the trailer that's with Rick Flag, who, mm-hmm. like, most of them are probably going to die. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's probably, like, Katana in the first movie where, like, she's not a bad guy. She's just, like, Rick Flag hangs out with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we've seen that in, like, a bunch of different DC media where people will join Rick Flag on his mission and they don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be forced to. yeah. Yeah. Um, so Floyd is a character who is primarily seen in the comics in the Legionnaires series, which is about the Legion of Superheroes, an intergalactic young adult crime fighting team from the 30th century. And Floyd is seen early on in the series uh, when the team decides to hold auditions for like new recruits. Um, and he shows them his amazing ability to remove his arms and use them as weapons, to which they wish him the best in his future endeavors. <laughs> He's the very first one who is like, hey, I'm here. Here's what I can do. And he pulls his arm off and he like smacks him on the table. And he's like, when do I start? And they're like, Floyd, we really hope that you find a team that suits your needs. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, we, we won't be in touch. <laughs> and he gets really mad and he storms off. So that's his first appearance. I think that was in 89, I want to say. Okay. And then uh, the Legionnaires went through like a reset with like, there was like a big event. They kind of reset the timeline. And once it was rebooted, he appeared again in another like audition process (laughs) uh, issue where they're like, we need more members. We had a bunch of members who like died on a mission. Now we're going to hold auditions for new ones that's always a great way that's always a great thing to know when you're going to an audition you need to know that the people who you're applying to fill in their role died before you i mean they're superheroes what are you gonna do i guess well here's the thing in the in the the reboot is that they have like a bunch of people show up the first one they show up they're in like a park and like 10 people show up (laughs) and they're like yeah we can find somebody among these and the second one they it's like national news like the legionnaires are hiring and they get like a of like thousands of kids show up oh wow and so actually they they hop out in front of their building and they're like okay everyone who doesn't have superpowers get out get wrecked (laughs) we said clearly you have to have superpowers to be on the team and like a third of the people leave wow because when they first start the kids are like pushing and shoving and they're like up they got like rocket 
blasters that are like hitting the crowd and mm. all this kind of anarchy. And so they're like, okay, everybody who's just like in a super suit, get out. <laughs> and then like most of them leave. Um, so in this version, uh, Floyd actually does make the cut and is asked to join the team. Uh, and during the tryout process, one member of the Legionnaires or of the Legion of Superheroes, Chameleon, disguises himself as a villain and attacks the young heroes, seeing how the new recruits will do in a battle situation. Oh, okay. Embarrassingly, as soon as like the combat starts, somebody knocks into Floyd and all of his limbs fall off, <laughs> just leaving him like a flopping torso and a head. <laughs> and in this one, for some reason, all of his limbs are detachable, not just his arms. Uh, and it's in the first few seconds of battle, and he's utterly useless. <laughs> However, once the fight is over, he's like, oh, man, I guess I wasn't much of a help. His teammates are like, that's okay. You'll get better once you learn how to use your powers properly. Like, for some reason, that wasn't any sort of, like, no, get out. <laughs> They're like, no, no, it's okay. You can stay. You you already made the cut. This was just sort of, like, to see how ready you guys are for combat. Mm. And clearly for Floyd, you need a couple more hours in a training simulator. <laughs> Wow, great. Yeah. So wait, somebody just knocks him hard enough and he pops apart? It's not even the villain either. It was like one of the other new recruits just like pushes him out of the way and all of his arms fall off. <laughs> and he's like, oops. He's like... Um, he can be defeated by a stiff breeze. A stiff breeze, yeah. I don't know. It reminds me of like a toy. I feel like there was a toy or something where you could just like knock it over and all the limbs would fall off. Yeah, that sounds like something. Just any kind of, you know, G.I. Joe yeah. from the 80s. <laughs> a poorly made one with like bad Q- QA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all I know about Floyd. Okay. That's all that there appears to be. He was in one other um, issue of the, the Legionnaires mm-hmm. reboot that I, I didn't read. But it was only one, and it was, like, you know, eight issues later, so it wasn't, like, continuing that exact storyline. It was probably just, like, So he gets, he gets admitted to the team, but then he, like, doesn't show up again? I guess not. <laughs> not not really. That's funny. Uh, so I'm excited to see what Nathan Fillion's going to do with this blank slate of a character. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot to draw from besides the fact that his arms fall off, which is why uh, I'm expecting his character to probably die pretty early. Mm. But I'm sure he'll put up a, a great fight. And then maybe in Act 2, uh, Captain Hammer will join the team. Oh, man, that would be great. That would be great. Captain Hammer would be a fantastic member of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> he's a bad guy. He's, I mean, he's not a... He's he's technically he, a superhero. He's a bad person. He's a bad person, yeah. He's a superhero and a bad person. I guess you would call that an antihero. Yeah, he's... Mm, yeah, I guess so. Who's more of an antihero, Captain Hammer or Dr. Horrible? Oh, I was going to say, I thought you were going to ask me, like, Captain Hammer or Rorschach or something. No. I think Rorschach is a worse person than Captain Hammer. Uh, Captain yeah. Hammer is just kind of a like um, like a frat guy that, like, has a huge ego. He's just a jerk. And is thinks less of women and stuff. Yeah. I guess on, like, the scale of, like, somebody with super powers who like is a jerk it goes like superman all the way on this end of the spectrum on the good guy spectrum yeah yeah like he's just a nice man and then like, you get like batman is a little more like morally gray and then like kind of in the middle is where you would find captain hammer and like all the way at the other end you get like homelander from the boys who's just like a terrorist who yeah. also happens to have superpowers and is like <laughs> commissioned by the u.s government to be our superman mm. I haven't finished reading The Boys, and I haven't watched any of the show. I'm kind of afraid to. Really? So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's move into the comic. Let's do yeah. Silver Age Review. Let's read a happy comic. Yeah. Not The Boys. <laughs> <laughs> let's read a 
comic that doesn't make me feel physically ill. <laughs> okay, so Batman number 129, for those following along at home. Mm-hmm. Written by Bill Finger. The penciler was Sheldon Maldoff. The inker was Charles Paris. The letter was Stan Starkman. And the two editors were Murray Boltonoff and George Cashdan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the normal, it's not like our normal crew. Yeah, it's a couple different. This is a little early. It's February of 1960. Oh, okay. So it's a different crew. Yeah, it's a different crew. Uh, This one is titled The Web of the Spinner. Mm -hmm. So we open on a rare site for a cover, a scene that actually makes it into the comic. Uh, Batwoman (laughs) having what might be the worst day of her life. Hmm. She's strapped to a giant fan. Um... Do you think that being on a giant rotating fan is just like being on a Gravitron at a fair? Uh, well, so this fan is standing up. Yeah. So I must imagine that the amount of force that it gives her when she's being spun downward must be immense. Yeah. And her, like all the blood is probably rushing to her head. Yeah. In this thing. This is she's, way too many G's. She, <laughs> she, she's um, positioned in a way so that the centripetal force would force all of the all of the blood into her head, mm-hmm. which I think can make you like red out, right? Like that's what happened to pilots. I guess so. Um, what and does then, red out mean? Is that blood just squirts from your eyes? Well, blood blood like comes into your field of vision or whatever. Ugh. <laughs> all right, fun. And he she's she's been strapped there by the spinner. Yes. Which is a man in a costume that looks kinda like a robot that has a propeller on its hat on its head. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a green like metal suit that has a bunch of uh discs that go up the legs and torso and arms. He's a tin man looking fella. Yeah. Yeah. He kinda looks like the first appearance of Iron Man. Hmm. I guess so. With like the the slots in the eyes and the, and the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Just slits. Yeah. I mean, Iron Man still has that. He doesn't have like a defined face, which is always weird to me. He doesn't have, in in the early comics, he just has like a rectangle yeah. as a mouth, which <laughs> looks really <laughs> weird. All right. The comic starts with the dynamic duo already on the trail of the spinner. We've mm-hmm. got no time to waste with a panel of setup in this comic. No, it's Enemy Res. Jam packed with action. Batman makes it clear that the spinner only targets places that deal with spinning objects. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they catch up with him at the Cool Fan Company, cool with a K, mm-hmm. very important to know, where the spinner mentions that he's stealing the payroll, quote-unquote, rhino. And after a series of impressive punches and kicks from the dynamic duo, the spinner begins shooting spinning buzz saws at them. Which reminds me of the movie Wild Wild West. Which you made me watch a clip of. Yeah, so in the movie Wild Wild West, I think it opens up on the buzzsaw machine where they put magnetic collars around the guy's necks and then they shoot a giant buzzsaw that then chases the person and then is eventually supposed to like chop their head off. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this buzzsaw gun reminded me of that. I also have in my notes here, cause I was interested in Wild Wild West, that Will Smith declined, per, uh, being an actor in the Matrix to film that, uh, cinematic masterpiece. Yes. You know what? He, he had a good run as he, a movie star. He's made a lot of questionable career choices. I know. Do you remember when he was trying to go for an Oscar? Like when he was in what Hancock or whatever? No, when he was in um, Seven Seven Pounds, I think the movie oh. was called. And then he was in that other movie not too long ago where he played like the personification of like death or time or something. That was a super <laughs> weird movie. Like 
No, I think he was the one who, like, sets up this guy to meet the personification of, like, death and time and memory or something like that. But it's all, like, a ploy. Like, they're all actors. Mm. I don't know. It's a super weird movie. Is it a sequel to Hitch? No, it's not a sequel to Hitch. <laughs> I don't believe so. Well, now that we've, we're done discussing Will Smith's acting career, let's go on to the comic again. Yes. So the spinning buzzsaws are being shot at them, and they hide behind a giant fan. Uh, and turn on the blades to deflect the buzz saws, perhaps mm-hmm. foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then outside, we realize that the sp- the spinner and his gang were taking this stuff in broad daylight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a reference to the Young Justice episode where they go, nobody's going to steal this stuff in broad daylight. And then there's a, a van of supervillains. cut. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking this stuff in broad daylight. <laughs> I love it. Just go online and look up like... Um, I think it's like funniest moments of Young, Young Justice. Young Justice season three funniest moments. It's so good. Yeah. You got a baby in there. <laughs> it's a very funny show. It's so good. Okay, so yeah, they're stealing stuff in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. And the spinner has created the most flamboyant getaway scheme with a <laughs> spinning stained glass fan or colored glass impregnated fan, as the spinner disturbingly puts it, <laughs> which reflects blinding beams of light onto the heroes. Bright lights is Batman's number one weakness based on all the comics that we've read Literally. so far. <laughs> like, every single time a villain wants to get away, they just need to shine a bright light in his face. Why doesn't he just get, like, UV lenses for his I mask? was gonna say, yeah, he should get, like, sunglasses that he yeah. wears all the time. Yeah. It, all, not only would it protect him from these bright lights, but it would make him look... Like 50 to 100% cooler. Yeah. You would wear the sunglasses over his mask? You're yes, thinking? over the cowl. Mm. It would it would fall off. Will you put... If Batman wore wraparound sunglasses <laughs> over his cowl? You no, know, he's got, um, he would have those things that old people wear on their glasses that keeps them from falling off. Okay. The, the little like string that goes around the back. Yeah, those wraparound sunglasses. Mm. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, he's already got like the weird thing that makes his eyes white on the inside mm-hmm. of his mask that they're never able to translate in into live movies, action. which is why it always looks wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that could easily be a UV reflecting Wayne Tech super shield. Mm-hmm. Windshields. We're, we're doing windshields now, <laughs> Lucius. Get some for my eyes. <laughs> There you go. Windshields for my eyes. Glasses. The windshields of eyes. Yeah. No, I'm saying he could go to R&D and be like, we're going to develop windshields that that completely block UV light. They're Mm. like sunglasses for your car. (laughs) And then he could use eye technology inside of his cowl. Okay. Yeah. I know he, sometimes he has like augmented reality stuff inside his cowl. Yeah. Where he can see. Yeah. I don't know. I wish... He definitely needs to get something that protects him from this. I think sunglasses would look 100% cooler. I wish science was real. Ugh, such cool stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, yes, the blinding light of these stained glass fan blades uh, are quite an impediment. Anyone who's ever sat in a sunny house of worship can relate. Everyone's sitting in church and you're just blinded. Blinded by the light. Not necessarily by your love of Jesus, but just by like the sun. The sun. <laughs> the sun coming in through the horrible windows. I have. I mean, I've had that happen at multiple places. It doesn't have to be a church. It can just be any place that has like uh, room room height windows. Stained glass hits different though. Really? In your eyes. St- I, feel. I feel like stained glass diffuses the light because it's got all those tints in it. It, it dulls it Then why it did the spinner comes- do this? Because it's like a rave. 
He wants yeah. He wants it to be He wants to get away and he wants to make it look as beautiful as possible. Yeah, it's a party. It's a party when he steals the rhino. Mhm. <laughs> so uh, the spinner is unfortunately gone by the time their sight returns, but Batman has a clue. Earlier, the spinner said he was taking the payroll rhino, which is Joliet prison slang for money. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Joliet, Illinois, suburb of Chicago, is where the first Dairy Queen was. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got a lot of Dairy Queen facts in me. I'm sorry. So we peek in on Batwoman, Kathy Kane, who is trying to solve a mystery of her own. Oh, yes. I wanted to mention, so astute listeners, longtime listeners, may remember that the last time that we covered Kathy Kane, that um, she was convinced by Batman to stop fighting crime. Yeah. And at this point in the comics, she has had a couple more misadventures and eventually convinced Batman to like allow her to keep fighting crime with him. Mm-hmm. So she is like a, a member, a full on member of the Bat family at this point in the they comics. Don't, they don't seem to communicate too much though. Like he didn't ask her to do anything. No, no, no. She she's just fighting crime adjacent to him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times their paths cross. Yeah. I'm a little upset by uh, what Batman does to her later in this comic, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Uh, So she's trying to solve a mystery of her own. A swami has recently appeared in Gotham, claiming to be able to help folks find lost valuables with his clairvoyant ability. Mm -hmm. And when Kathy visits the swami, he is unable to find her emerald brooch in his crystal ball. Kathy thinks this must be a racket. He must be a faker because she hid her brooch in her jewelry box. However, before he starts, the swami does tell her there's no guarantee that he'll be able to find things. I mean, that's what every psychic says. Is oh, like, yeah. oh, you know, I might not be able to. It all depends on The energy. veil might mm. be too thick for me to pierce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, it's all a racket anyway. Yeah. Psychic, psychics are always are always a ripoff. I don't know how just this one day where she's seeing him, she's like, that's it. This man's a faker. I'm going to figure out what's up. I think perhaps because it involves high value items, yeah. she, she's, she's worried about it. So another woman who's there with Kathy asks if the Swami can see where she lost her diamond ring. And the Swami happily tells her that it's in the powder box on her, on her bureau. And she believes him and then pays him without, like, going to check and see if that's right. Like, in modern day, you could use your cell phone and be like, hey, uh, my maid, Mrs. Mrs. White, check <laughs> check my powder box. Oh, my diamond ring is in there? Great. I'll be home in 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> but in modern, in, in, in the universe of this comic, you're just like, yeah, okay, I'll go check when I get home. Here's $10. I mean, $10 isn't a whole lot for this woman, Mm -hmm. even in $1960, because she's very clearly like a high society woman. And she could always come back and demand her money back if she doesn't find it. I guess so. Well, bizarrely, Kathy comes to the conclusion that this man must... Here's here's his plan. Okay. He must have someone break into people's homes, Mm -hmm. hide their valuables, and then charges a fee to help find them. Yes. Although she's not really sure about her theory when she realizes he's only charging them 10 bucks and she doesn't see how this can turn a profit. Yeah. So she thinks it's maybe a a racket, but it's not a very good racket in her opinion also. Yeah, well, because her thought is like... 
if he's breaking into their house already, why not just take the diamonds or whatever? Why mm-hmm. not take the things that you're hiding? Yeah. Um, which does get explained later on. But I want to get your opinion on this as its own racket. Do you think this is a stupid idea or a brilliant idea? Because I think... First of all, it sounds like something that a fairy tale imp would do. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something that would happen in like a Brothers Grimm I'll tale. I'll break into your house when you're not there and hide your rings. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that 100% sounds like And I'll only I'll only tell you where they are if you feed me golden wheat. Give me $10 and <laughs> guess my name. <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I thought it sounded like. I'll give you back your diamond ring and your firstborn child. At the same time, like, if you're breaking in and hiding things, most people aren't going to expect that you're doing that, because that's a weird thing to do. Right? So you might get away with it for, like, a long time. Yeah. If we were sponsored by Simply Safe, this would be the best time for us to do an ad break about that. (laughs) I don't want to do ads for home security systems. Why? Because that's what the guys on, like, uh, conservative talk radio do. Liberal, too. I, I hear it all the time on Positive America. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is a man breaking into your home to hide your valuables and then charging you $10 to tell you where to where to find them? Well, not anymore. We're simply safe. Set it up in 30 minutes um, while you're reading a Batman comic, and no one will ever break into your home and hide your valuables but not steal them again. Get at us, Simply Safe. I know one of your representatives is one of our 12 regular listeners. Heck yeah. Get at us, Simply Safe. We're ready for it. <laughs> Ready for them sweet, sweet ad bucks. Uh, go to Simply Safe and uh, use use the code Crooked for ten dollars off because I like Crooked Media. Don't. <laughs> I'm advertising somebody else's podcast on my podcast. Don't shill for anybody else's podcast on our podcast. I like. Well, what if what if they invite me on because I shilled for them? They, I don't think they will. Listen, I know about liberal shills. I am a liberal shill. <laughs> All right, so. It's a bad racket. I think we can all agree. Back to the story. This next panel is my favorite. Outside the Gotham Drill Company, the spinner has arrived and uses a weird device to squirt sticky rubber all over the guards. Mm-hmm. What is this like? You think it's like, um, what is that? Quick dry cement that they yeah. have for like model kits or whatever? It does look like liquid cement. Yeah. Um, it's a, just a sticky rubber. Yeah. I love it. It looks and great. He, he's shooting it out of... I guess what looks like a mixture between a big cone and one of those like spotlights. Yeah. It's it's on it. It's on a what are they called? Like a like a, a pivot. You know. Mm-hmm. It, he can he can aim it up and down and left and right. Yeah. It looks like a cement mixer a little bit to me. Oh maybe. Yeah. Sticky rubber. So the dynamic duo arrive just as the spinner is leaving through the revolving door, and Batman tries to catch him in the door, but the spinner dodges him and sends out his next getaway trap, a giant spinning top. Oh, I had some interesting information on this. Yeah, go ahead. So this is kind of a mini Josh's fact corner. Oh. Uh, The spinner's top, based on what we see in the comic, I think it might beat the world record for the largest spinning top. Okay. Um, which was created by a Japanese metalworking company and was six foot, six inches tall. Based on its comparison to Batman's height, it looks like it's taller than six feet, six and a half feet. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also interesting information about that top. The world's largest top spun for an hour and 21 minutes. Wow. So I guess the bigger the top, the longer it spins because it's, it's based on how much energy it has stored in it. Yeah. Yeah. How many people do you need to like let it let it go? Let I it rip? don't know. I I would guess that they maybe set it. I didn't. 
like look up a video of this or anything, but I would guess that they spun it up with like a machine or something. Mm-hmm. I, I would bet that they would hook it up to some sort of motor that would spin it. I gotcha. Because you wouldn't be able to get people around the top to be able to spin it quick enough, I don't think, to get it going. How many people stood around and watched a top spin for, for an, an hour? hour? <laughs> How bad does your Saturday have to be? You're like, honey, let's go watch the giant spinning top. Uh, so the dynamic duo quickly dodge the top and then climb into the Batmobile to divert it into the sea. Mm-hmm. It's Aquaman's problem now. <laughs> I, oh no! It's, this, there's a tie-in comic to this one where, the, <laughs> oh no, a giant top is going to destroy it's destroying Atlantis. Atlantis. Uh, it's killing fish left and right. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Don't pollute, Batman. <laughs> Don't dump your problems into the ocean. Well, this was the '60s. They were doing that all the time. No, <laughs> we can still we can still save them. Uh, you got like industrial waste or whatever. Just dump that stuff in the ocean. All right. Well, after polluting, <laughs> they go back to the drill company, and Robin finds the spinner's glove suspiciously left behind. But a clue is a clue. Mm-hmm. So back at the Batcave, Batman discovers peanut oil and salt on the inside of the glove. The spinner eats at five guys. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. I was just thinking about peanuts. I mean, yeah, the comic is like, oh, he must like salted peanuts. Or but... the other option was maybe he works at a sandwich shop and make a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. When I heard peanut oil and salt, my my taste buds immediately reached out through the universe to taste the deliciousness of uh, Five Guys fries. How many other companies are we going to advertise for on this com- on this Hit podcast? Hit us up, Five Guys. Go to fiveguys.com. Use code BATMATES for $0 off your next Juicy Burger. <laughs> uh, great. So, no, yeah, he likes peanuts, as we will soon see. We next see Batwoman about to sneak into the Swami's apartment to look for clues to his mysterious abilities. We then later see some random man ask the Swami if he knows where the spinner's secret hideout is. He says he sees a windmill in his crystal ball, uh, which is pretty obvious if you think about it. Uh, The man (laughs) is ecstatic, and he says he'll immediately contact the GCPD so that they can tell Batman. What a what a chain! Like what a what a telephone game you gotta play mm-hmm. to get to Batman. You... I asked a Swami who told a random man who's then gonna tell a the... desk sergeant who will tell Gordon who will then tell Batman. Yeah, like there there needs to be a better way for the general populace to contact Batman. I mean, there's only one bat signal. That's true, and it's on the 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 roof of the police department. Yeah. Well, uh, you've watched more of the '66 television show than I have. Mm-hmm. Is his is his bat phone number public, or it just no, it just it's goes ju- to Gordon's yeah, office? Yeah, it's a direct line to the police department. Mm. He should really just have uh, like a billboard that's like, "Need help? Call Batman." Yeah, and you think he should have a landline number? Yeah, but well, wouldn't he have to be listed in the yellow pages then? Yeah, do you have to <laughs> list an address? Yeah, you have to list an address. Well, okay, put a PO box or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there should be a better way to contact him. I don't know mm. what it would be. You, I want to say in the 66 TV series, a lot of the times he just is like driving past people who need help. I mean, in this, he's literally just like, they were out on patrol and they happened to stop by. I mean, if you need Superman, all you have to do is be in peril anywhere on Earth. Yeah. And not at the same time as Lois Lane. And he'll probably get to you. He can, Because he's got super hearing. You yeah. can hear it when you yell. You yell out. Yeah. Also, in the Silver Age, they say that he has, like, premonition or something, too. Ooh. Yeah. Like, the Silver Age Superman has a lot of power creep where they were just like, hey, you can do this thing, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Why not? He he can rearrange his face. <laughs> like, oh my god, I hate that. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, so the dynamic duo arrive at the windmill ahead of the police because they were closer to the windmill than they than the GCPD was. Mm-hmm. And they see Batwoman soaring into a tiny window at the top of the windmill. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, we see she is immediately captured by the spinner and seems to be weirdly confused that he's here. She's like, what? The spinner? How? Well, she's here because she found the like deed to this farm that this windmill is on in the Swami's yeah. apartment. I guess she just didn't think that it was all interconnected. No. Also, what is the spinner holding here? It looks as like far it's as, a tiny cat. As far as we know, the spinner is like not even on Batwoman's radar. Yeah. She's not investigating him. She's investigating the Swami. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everything intersects, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, when Batman and Robin arrive, we actually see the cover for once. Yeah. And like we said before, Batwoman is strapped to a fan and the spinner is threatening to spin it so fast that she dies. We also get the second great Scott from Batman. Yes. <laughs> the second ex- exclamation of great Scott. How fast would the fan have to be spinning for Batwoman to die? At the angle she's at right now, um, we said earlier, all the blood was rushing into her head. I was just thinking, like, her brain has to be, like, pushing up on the top of her skull. Yeah. Like, her her cerebellum is about to snap. No. I mean, th- listen, your body is is more... What's the word I'm looking for? Fluid? <laughs> it, it's more... Um, resilient? Yeah, resilient than you think it is. Mm. Not mine. <laughs> I'm not going to test that theory. But I want to say... I almost died stepping off a curb today. That's <laughs> true. I want to say that the upper limits of like what the human body can experience... It, de- it depends on time, too. Because the human body can experience small f- amounts of hygies for small amounts of time. Uh, but if you... If you have a, even a small amount of G's for a long time, it can be deadly. Yeah. So, like, you can get in a roller coaster that pushes you at six G's or whatever, but that's only six G's for, like, a fraction of a second. But if you were in a, an airplane and sustained six G's for, like, minutes at a time, you would probably pass out and or die. Yeah. <laughs> so... I guess it's more about the length of how long she gets spun around that fast than it is how fast it would go. Mm-hmm. Oh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Scary facts. Thank you. <laughs> Josh's scary fact Josh's corner. Josh's mortality corner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so thinking quickly, Batman yeets a pitchfork into the control panel, so it's useless, although that doesn't actually free Kathy yet. She'll <laughs> just have to wait to be rescued, I guess. Yes. This is what I was talking about. He's like, ah, great, I stopped it. Now to slowly unmask the spinner and explain who he is. And then, oh, yeah, Kathy's still up there. I'll get to her eventually, (laughs) I guess. So Batman does unmask the spinner and finds it is famed salted peanut enthusiast (laughs) and Joliet ex-con Peanuts Gilson. What a name. Oh, man. I I love that these guys in prison, they're like, ah, that guy likes peanuts. We'll call him Peanuts. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, I don't know. Peanuts. That is the kind of stuff that you would get, though. Like, I mean, that's that's 100% the kind of nickname that you would get as a as a prison inmate. Hey, Peanuts. Speaking of Peanuts, Batman roasts him. Okay. <laughs> get it? Yeah, I do get it. Roast yes, you roast peanuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, by saying that he didn't think he was actually smart enough to be the spinner. Wow. Although, 
I don't know. Has Spinner done anything overly intelligent by this point? He's no, like, Riddler or anything. Uh, gi- uh, giant stained glass fan. Okay. And he overcame the security that was at the... What, what was that place that he robbed? A fan store? No, the, fan? the place after the fan oh, store. Oh, the, the drill. Oh, company. yeah, the drill the drill manufacturer. Yeah. Well, I mean, all it took was some, some sticky rubber. Yeah, but he had to know to use the sticky rubber. I mean, sticky rubber, sticky rubber. You throw it at anything. It's going <laughs> to stick. It's all about being caught in the web. Uh, yeah, so after Batwoman is finally freed... She tells Peanuts that she figured out how the Swami knew about his hideout. She found a bill of sale for this farmland that the windmill's on in Peanuts' name. I am desperate to know if the deed literally said Peanuts. <laughs> Peanuts, if that's his legal name, is Peanuts Gilson. <laughs> However, plot twist. Peanuts says he is not the spinner. Yeah, despite all evidence to the contrary. Yeah. The real spinner wanted Peanuts to replace him and asked him to try on the costume and take charge while he was out. And he just happened to be, like, lucky enough to capture uh, Batwoman. Wait, I know I know what it is. It's a bag of peanuts. He's eating a bag of peanuts right up here when Batwoman's getting captured. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't think. You didn't think that he would be eating as... uh, I was just like, what is this? They forgot to color in part of his costume? He's eating a bag of peanuts as we speak. Mm, Yeah, just all tired of the fan over there. He can't stop eating peanuts for five minutes to deal with a superhero who just flew into his hideout. (laughs) It's a well-earned nickname. This guy is nuts for peanuts. He'll do anything for the nut. Okay, anyway. Absolutely obsessed with peanuts. I love it. So Batman realizes there are too many fishy things that don't add up before suddenly yelling for everyone to get out of the building. Mm -hmm. They all evacuate right before the time bomb that the original spinner planted went off. The plan was for the phony spinner to be found dead in the hideout and the real spinner could get away with his earnings. Mm -hmm. And Batman explains this to a police officer that shows up that the Swami was correct about the hideout, but the real spinner is still on the loose and he knows exactly where to find him. Mm. Three guesses. It's the only other character who has appeared in this comic. <laughs> no, it's not the old lady who lost her ring, although that would have been funny. Uh, to no one's surprise, Batman heads straight to the Swami's apartment and orders Robin to open up a valise where he'll find the spinner's costume and the stolen loot. Although, does he have two costumes, I guess? Yeah, yeah, he has. I think it's explained that the one that the uh, Peanuts guy is wearing is an old costume. I see, I see, I see. Um... The whole scheme was so simple. Follow me on this. Okay, I'm ready. So the Swami hired a henchman to hide valuables for him to find. Mm -hmm. Then, after establishing himself as a local clairvoyant, he just had to wait for someone to ask him to find the spinner's hideout where he'd planted a body double and a time bomb. Mm -hmm. Batman would find the fake spinner who ate peanuts and used Joliet slang, confirming the clues that the Swami left for Batman to find. It was a twisted plan... The spinner was the only one caught in his web of deceit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's the plan. Easy enough. One, two, three. Do you think that the guy who called the police and reported on the spinner's hideout might have actually also been in on it? Because... Maybe he's the henchman. Yeah, yeah, because... I know, we never caught him. They're still out there. They they would have to... Stay vigilant. 
He would have to time the the bomb going off to when the police were headed there. Yeah. The police and Batman were headed there. So I, I think that that guy who asked for where the hideout was might have actually also been in on the... It's an inside job. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why you had to establish yourself as the Swami then if it was if you were just going to have an inside man the, the ask si- you. Well, because the psychic shtick is a cover for his real crimes. Like, he... The whole idea is that he's going to commit a bunch of robberies and then kill someone who will take the fall for him and then he gets off scot-free. They won't be looking for the guy who committed all the robberies because they'll think that he's dead. But they won't have found any of his, like, loot. Well, even if the maybe they'll think he, he like buried it or whatever or it got burned up in, in the explosion. It's not a perfect crime. I think it's a pretty good crime. I think it's a very Josh smart. Josh is impressed. I am a, listen, we've had some of these villains. They haven't had great schemes, okay? The the Riddler had a pretty good scheme where he was tricking Batman into thinking he was a criminal when he wasn't a criminal, but then he actually ended up turning out actually to be a criminal. This guy, I think, is even a step above that. He's committing crimes and he's covering his tracks as best he can. Mm. Take note, Wall Street. <laughs> What? You know, commit your crimes, then cover it up. They already do that. Yeah. <laughs> Pay off the right people. Mm. Short your stocks and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's this comic. Yeah, there's there's some other stuff in here. That... Moral of the story, this is Josh's or- villain origin story. <laughs> that's the moral. Josh is impressed by this crime. Don't be, listen, don't be surprised if <laughs> for one day... Uh, one day you see suddenly in the news there's a man dressed as, as a robotic top <laughs> with a propeller on his head. He has stolen the world's largest top from the Guinness Museum. Yeah. Yep, and he's yep. using it to uh, pollute the ocean <laughs> and whatnot. And then you find him dead, but he isn't actually. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I saw a burned out corpse, I'd be able to tell if it was you or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have my dental records. They, yeah. You'd be able to figure it out. Yeah, probably. But not if I planted clues to make you think that it was somebody else also, though. Mm. If you just, like, put your glasses on it and you were, like, perfect. <laughs> I'd be like, no. Um, so, yeah, this comic has letters to the editor later on in the issue, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I read aloud to you. Well, you get to learn how the electronic crime file works. Um, what the bat rope is made of, which for listeners, it's silk and like metal, metal, metal string. And, uh, if Bruce graduated college, the answer is yes. He did. Yeah. Bruce Wayne graduated college. A minor in gymnastics. Where, uh, where Batman and Robin patrol. Cause, uh, a reader was worried that Batman and Robin wouldn't be able to get a good night's sleep if they were patrolling the entire city. Bats so. are nocturnal. You loser. <laughs> So it's explained that they only patrol the places that are high crime areas like the business district and factories. They're also obviously patrolling in the middle of the day, too. Yeah, yeah. Because people be stealing stuff in broad daylight. Uh, let's see. And then, there, of course, we get the letter to the editor that I've seen more than once in these comics of why does Batman not use a gun? And the answer that the editor gives is not that he doesn't like guns, it's that he thinks that his utility belt is more useful. Yeah, he's right. I, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get more into that, but he is right. <laughs> so uh, let's learn all there is to know about 
the Swami slash the Spinner. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert, there is not a whole lot to know okay. about them. Uh, this was the only comic appearance of Swami Yamar, a.k.a. the Spinner. He is later mentioned in an issue of The Brave and the Bold in 1982, where... Okay. Okay, okay. Hold, hold on to your seat. I'm ready. Okay. So this is multiverse madness? <laughs> yes. So Earth-1 Batman, he, like, gets this strong feeling like he should go to the Gotham graveyard. Uh-huh. But he's in, like, his costume and everything. And then he gets struck by lightning and transported to Earth-2, where he sees the graves of this Earth's Bruce and Selina Wayne. So, like, Earth-2's Batman and Catwoman are dead now. Mm. And, like, Robin's grown up. Okay. Um, he meets up with Earth-2's Robin, and they are attacked by a giant top, which Batman suggests they then push into the ocean using the Batmobile. Robin remarks that this is how his Batman dealt with it when they faced off against the spinner. Mm. So there's an Earth-1 spinner and an Earth-2 spinner, and it seems like, even though they are separate universes, the adventures were pretty much parallel. No, Earth-2... This is Earth-2 Batman. Yeah. But this... But Earth-1 Batman knew, like, what to do... He, like, knew about the spinner. He was the one er, who was like, that's one of the spinner's old weapons. Oh. And then he was like, let's push it into the ocean. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, no matter when this comic takes place, it seems like these were parallel adventures. This, this is kind of the whole thing that we get into where the continuity of, like, when the Batman from Earth-1 transitions into the Batman of Earth-2 is mm -hmm. not known because the Batman of Earth-2 references stuff that happened in the Golden Age, like, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Batman of Earth-1 references stuff that happened in the Golden Age all the time. So that's the only time that he's ever really mentioned in the comics. Okay. Uh, the Spinner later appeared in three episodes of the animated series The Brave and the Bold, as yeah. most of these Silver Age villains do. Yeah. He's, like, playing cards with Clue Master and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, somebody else. Yeah, they that that show they just pulled in like all the weird one-off villains that they could just to have like look at Batman's old rogue gallery. <laughs> yeah, we're sick of the Riddler, sick of Penguin. Mm -hmm. I want a I want a big budget movie to do that. Well, I mean, technically Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad is pretty is much doing yeah doing they've, that. They've got like, Polka Dot Man. They got Polka Dot Man. They've got the Attachment Kid. Only seen in two comics. He's going to be a character for several minutes. Yeah. So. Weasel, who's only in like one Weasel. story arc. <laughs> I'm excited for Weasel. It's going to be good. Yeah. And then Harley, who can't hold a candle to Gaggy. <laughs> we all know that. What a crack up that Gaggy is. What a cut up. Uh, great. So thank you so much for listening to Batmates. We have been Josh and Becca, and we love each other. And soon we're going to pick a wedding venue. So stay tuned for that episode. If uh, you would like to email us with questions, comments, concerns, requests about Silver Age comics you want us to cover. If you need advice. If you... Uh, yeah, life advice. If you want help on your science homework. Algebra. Yeah. You can write us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can also now follow us on Twitter at batmates on Twitter, the website, you go to www.com slash. Oh, I thought you had meant uh, Twitter, the multimedia grocery store. Find a bird, <laughs> ask it what I'm doing. <laughs> It'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, at Batmaids on Twitter. Uh, so thanks for listening to this episode, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.